Welcome to the Mass Bar B Podcast, the official podcast of the Massachusetts Bar Association. It's available free to members of the bar as well as the public. We feature lively discussions about important legal developments, interesting stories about NBA members, and helpful practical information about the law that matters to all of us. Hello, I'm your host, Jordan Rich. This May, the Massachusetts Bar Association's 2021 Elder Law Guide, the latest version of the MBA's resource guide on a wide range of legal issues affecting the lives of older adults, this guide will be available to read and download for free on the MBA's website, www.massbar.org forward slash elder law. One of the key issues facing older Americans involves driving, when it's time to give up the keys, and ways to facilitate it that are thoughtful, caring, and that certainly make sense. So joining us today to talk about it, two people who have contributed a lot of their time and talent to this year's Elder Law Guide, attorney Alex Marcella and Nicole McGurin, Programs and Services Director for the Alzheimer's Association, Massachusetts, New Hampshire chapter. Nicole, I'll start with you. Tell us a bit more about your role with the Alzheimer's Association. I'm the Director of Programs and Services at the Alzheimer's Association, Massachusetts, New Hampshire chapter. Um, and the Mass New Hampshire chapter is part of a network of, of chapters of the Alzheimer's Association across the country. Um, and we're the largest voluntary health organization um, that's devoted to the support, care, uh, research, and advocacy for families living with Alzheimer's and other dementia. And I realize you and Alex know each other, but Alex, just briefly, uh, can you introduce the concept of the Elder Law Guide and the fact that you have put out another one this year successfully? I think it's a fan, one of the most fantastic public service projects I've been in for the past, uh, well, 40 years of being a lawyer. I've chaired the ad, uh, advisory committee for the past um, 13 years, and each year the authors add to it, update it, and it's like an alphabet soup of everything that older adults really need to anchor them for like aging issues. And the topics are timely, relevant, and we have expert authors. We've now expanded it so there's close to 30 reviewers each year that have special expertise in each of their fields. And we've we've involved more non-lawyers, uh, covers reverse mortgages, long-term care insurance, um, healthcare decision making, end of life decision making. So it's a great resource guide. It's online, and um, every year we really try to go at intensely looking at it, seeing how we can make it better. Well, this particular topic for the podcast today is so much in the minds of many, particularly adult children, when their parents are at a certain age. So let me go back and uh, Nicole, let's talk with you about the problem. It's not just anecdotal. These things are concerns for you and many others. Talk a little bit about the issue. Sure. So I think the issue of, of driving is is hugely important to adult children and, and older people. I think one of the biggest fears that all of us have um, as we age is that idea that we might not be able to drive someday since it's such a, a means of independence and also, also so required for getting the things um, that you need to get done. Um, and unfortunately, as people age, both physical impairments and cognitive impairments can um, make driving less safe than it used to be. Um, and some of that is around, um, you know, the possibility of getting lost, which is often a big concern that people have, but other parts are just around the actual, you know, risk for having an accident, whether it's due to having cognitive problems, vision impairments, or having some kind of, um, you know, physical problem that impairs your, your reaction time. 
Alex, uh, you are very much involved in, in the issues of older Americans. You've seen this problem, I'm sure, escalate over the last several years, haven't you? Well, it's just one of the most um, sensitive ones to discuss. Nicole gave a good overview of the cognitive and issues and the fears and concerns, but it's the whole question of um, how do you address the issue in an ageist society? Those in my peer group, I'm turning 75 and I'm still active and thank God I'm aging well. And you can't just have a cohort where, oh, mandatory retirement is 65. Well, judges retire at 65, but they're on recall. Baby boomers have redefined aging in terms of staying active and uh, the car is central to their self-image and self-esteem. So I don't think there's uh, any more sensitive a subject that and Nicole can speak to it in terms of how families are just overwhelmed as to, you know, mm-hmm. when to grab the keys from mom and dad. And, and in terms of the legal issues, I might just add, uh, Jordan, Nicole knows this and I was preparing for this chat that only two states, Illinois and New Hampshire, require older adults to be retested. So at 75, I'm awaiting my first notice when my license expires to go in and be tested just for vision, not for a road test. In terms of, you know, those stories that appear in the press where an older adult steps on the gas instead of the brake and goes through a window and all those things, I mean, you've got to be very careful about balancing individual rights and liberties and the stereotypes that exist that, oh, you're 70 and get that Mm. old geezer off the road. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. It's different for different people. Nicole, you spend, I'm sure, a good deal of your time and effort in advising families as to how to approach this issue. And we would really really love your expertise here. Any help you can give families who are concerned about their parents and how they're doing? Yeah, so I, I, I think the most important thing I would say is to really start thinking about this early on. So it's not an issue, um, like Alex said, of having to grab the keys from somebody. Unfortunately, it does get to the point with a lot of families where it's they've waited till it's a crisis to make a decision. But if you know that your loved one has um, some kind of medical condition, again, whether it be physical or cognitive, that could potentially impact their safety and driving, you know, it's time to think about, you know, when is that going to to make driving unsafe? Um, And to think through, you know, how would I want to have that conversation with my mom and dad? You know, who would be the best person to approach that, 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 very tricky topic. What what kinds of things do you do you want to say? You know, where where is going to be the best place to have that conversation and when so that you're not hopefully having it in the course of an argument or when things are when someone is already stressed. And to really come at it from a point of concern for your loved one, but also your your commitment to making sure they can continue to get the places that they need to go, um, that you're empathetic with this being a hard decision, but also making it be about on Honestly, what is the condition that someone has that's making someone unsafe to drive? Not something about their their lifelong skills in driving, really trying not to make it personal, um, but really trying to make it about, if you can, as much as possible about the facts. Let me follow up with you on that, Nicole. Is it a good idea to involve the physicians that are treating the older parent in this case, just to get that side of it? Is that a good suggestion? I think it really depends on the relationship that you have with your with your adult parents um, physician and how well they know your parent and how well your parent responds to them. You know, sometimes when you think through what would be the best way to deal with the situation, maybe it is having the physician take it from a medical point of view um, and have that conversation about why it would be a good idea to stop driving. Um, in other situations, people may not ha- have a good relationship with their doctor, and maybe they maybe they've been the kind of person that always didn't want it, wanted to do 
exactly the opposite of what the doctor said. And in those situations, that might not be the best approach. Alex? Oh, Jordan, I just want to build on what Nicole said. And Nicole, the, the work you did in the chapter is just fantastic. Handy guidance, only three pages, uh, the chapter 13 in the Elder Law Guide, but it speaks to all of these issues about physical limitations that result from you know, slower reflexes, arthritis, but inspecting the vehicle because the older adult, let's face it, they might be in denial about hiding this. You know, they may have hit a um, curb and there's a flat tire, but if you see those continual things that Nicole addresses in the chapter, you can then present concrete evidence like, you know, look, mom and dad, you've got three fender dents that weren't there two months ago and we're concerned and you've got to have concrete evidence other than, gee, you're a bad driver. And the, the chapter speaks to a number of resources that are out there that can be of extreme value for education and increased um, road safety driving tests that aren't done by the Registry of Motor Vehicles, but by AARP and other older adult friendly agencies. But it's all in that chapter too. Yeah, and we're, um, we're sending people to the guide online so they can get all that information. Alex, a follow-up. What if someone absolutely refuses to submit and, and even consider giving up the license and that person is, you know, the older parent? What can anyone else do about that? That's the heart of the question. And I have on my other screen, the Registry of Motor Vehicles have a form. It's entitled Request for Medical Evaluation. Nicole's familiar with it, but we don't have a mandated reporter. So let's just say your um, parents, you felt are seriously impaired. The physician is not required to report it. Um, maybe if there's like a seizure condition or a medical condition, but this form could be used, a request for medical evaluation, and there's two sections, information about the driver, and then a law enforcement or healthcare professional section can sign it. So a physician could sign this form, or you yourself could fill it out, except, you know, the elder is going to be very upset that, you know, you've reported her, him or her. But that's the best you can do, and the registry will take that form, Jordan, and then do a notice to come into the registry for an evaluation. Okay. And they could put a stop on the license and temporarily suspended if it was serious enough. But there is a form out there is all I'm saying. Okay. But that's a tough question. Some physicians are reluctant to write them. And Nicole, you can speak to how the medical community deals with that. Yeah, I, I mean, that that certainly is one option. As Alex just said, there is a way that families or a doctor can voluntarily report someone being unsafe and driving. You know, in terms of the doctor's involvement with driving, I, you know, I will say a lot of families do come to us because they're frustrated that the doctor's not helping more about the driving. You know, that yeah. that it, it is something that a lot of times we are actually, sometimes people have said to us, my, my parent refuses to stop driving, but the doctor hasn't even been involved. And we'll say something like, you know, you can reach out to the doctor yourself and get them involved. Ask them to schedule an appointment to talk to your mom or dad about driving. Ask them to write a prescription on a prescription pad that says, driving is not allowed, like that kind of thing. There are things you can try, but a lot of times it's up to the families to bring it up to the doctor um, rather than the doctor, um, you know, raising that issue. 
I would add too about when someone's, you know, refuses to drive, you certainly have the RMV option, I think for, you know, sometimes a doctor could also, you know, make a referral to have somebody evaluated, you know, by one of mm -hmm. these um, specialized um, occupational therapy based units at hospitals and see if they can say you're unsafe to drive. I, I you know, that's to, certainly yeah. an option too. I was going to bring that up. I think Beth Israel does a great job. They will provide uh, an opportunity for you to just get a bead on how your skill sets are and then even offer training and assistance in figuring out the skill sets. Alex? No, June, one other point is that you can also um, negotiate an agreement to have the parents only drive during daytime or no driving on certain roads. And if they buy into that, that could be like ground one to try to present a, an accepted mm. way of behaving when you're driving. I mean, and a lot of older adults want that just to get to the stores they're familiar with or Dunkin' Donuts or to keep up their sense of avoiding social isolation. Nicole, I know you can really speak to that, that fear of not being able to do what you used to do is just depressing and devastating to an older adult. You know, I can't go meet someone mm. the way I used to go. Um, it's my loss of independence. And it's real. I mean, we live we live in an area, especially most of the people we work with live in a part of the country where being able to drive your own personal vehicle is is really the way that you can continue to be so involved. But I do really like Alex's point about the possibility, and this is what you can do if you plan ahead, is that plan for a gradual retirement from driving rather than just taking the keys away. And if you can start this planning early enough so that it can start with, you know, we're just going to stop driving at night. We're only going to drive during the day. And you can kind of gradually make some restrictions so that when it's time to stop driving altogether, sometimes it's not as big of a deal as it seems because now somebody, maybe they've only been driving to the grocery store when, when their daughter couldn't come. You know, right. and it's not like going from being out and about everywhere you want to go one day to having no car the next day. So. That's exactly what happened in my case with my uh, dad. He really decided he shouldn't drive at night and, and on the highway, and that was the first step. And then he decided, you know what, it's, it's, it's really not important for me to drive. So I was lucky. I was very lucky I didn't have to twist anyone's arm. But in many cases, uh, the idea of starting it slowly and gradually, because let's face it, driving is freedom for so many people and, and a way to uh, connect. Right. It's so important, especially during COVID. So. Is there anything else that we can add to the discussion today that we didn't talk about, Alex? No, I think the media treatment of these issues, we you know we hear the worst of the worst cases. And there are, you know, I'm not trying to present this in a way that individual rights and liberties of older adults should supersede the safety issues. And we've all been on the road and we've seen an older adult that maybe shouldn't be driving. And if we could just address the real problem drivers so that those that might be a little bit close cannot adapt and some of the things we've said and Nicole has written about in that chapter. It's just a tough issue that if we can make sure those drivers that are a danger and are at risk, doctors would write those requests for medical evaluations, families would be effective in pulling the keys, so to speak, and it could be a gradual monitoring of when they really shouldn't be driving anymore. Nicole, any final thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with Alex on that, too. I think the focus needs to be on older drivers who have medical conditions that impair their safety. And I think to encourage families and physicians to be proactive about those concerns um, and not wait for something to get so critical and where you're at a point where you're taking keys away or you're disabling a car, or you're really taking some extreme measures or you've had some unfortunate accident happen like we've all seen. 
<laughs> in the media. Um, because for in, in most of those cases, I am guessing there was a warning sign probably years in advance that we should start doing something about the driving. Um, and even though it's a really tough decision and tough for families to fo to to kind of tackle, you know, the earlier you do it, the, the more options you're going to have and your loved one's going to have. And it's going to be a lot more dignified for everybody. Maybe taking a test drive with your parents or the older adult just to kind of monitor it yourself. Hey, why don't you drive to the store or something and you get a sense are they crossing over lines? Are they just not able mm. to parallel park the car or? Now, what are the limitations? Right. Showing an interest is is also important. Uh, as you said, the empathy factor is key. These are our parents and our, our relatives, and we want them to be happy and healthy, and we also want to protect society. So thank you, Alex, and thank you, Nicole. Great, Nicole. Great Thanks for inviting me. Bye-bye. Many thanks to attorney Alex Moschella and from the Alzheimer's Association, Nicole McGurran. Once again, this May, the Massachusetts Bar Association's 2021 Elder Law Guide, the latest version of the MBA's resource guide on a wide range of legal issues affecting the lives of older adults. This guide will be available to read and download for free on the MBA's website, www.massbar.org forward slash elder law. You've been listening to the Mass Bar Beat Podcast, available free at massbar.org and downloadable on most popular podcast platforms, including Apple, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and more. Now, if you're a consumer in need of legal help, contact the Mass Bar Association's Lawyer Referral Service. Call 866-627-7577. Again, that's 866-627-7577. Or visit masslawhelp.com. Let us connect you to a lawyer today. Mass Bar Beat is produced by the Massachusetts Bar Association, and we invite you to subscribe so you'll never miss a beat. This is Jordan Rich. Thank you for listening.